So I'm just going to pray before I say anything and ask the Lord to do what he wants to do. And I ask that you would speak the things that you would have spoken to your people today. I thank you, Lord God, for your love and care for each one of us. I thank you, Lord God, that you have a plan and purpose that's beyond our wildest dreams. Even when we look at your creation, even some of the weirdest, strangest little creatures that you've made, that's just a, an imagination that's beyond anything that we could ever think of. You're so creative and you're so, you're just above anything that we can ever think of. And Lord, I thank you that you chose to use fragile clay people, earth people, people that came from the dust, that came from the ground. And you put yourself in those people. And they're walking on this earth, chose wrong, but you knew we were going to choose wrong from the beginning. So before the foundation of the earth, Jesus was crucified. He was slain before the foundation of the earth because you knew how we were going to choose, but you still gave us free choice. So I thank you that you chose to be a father and that you chose to be a friend that you chose to be a lover of my soul, that you chose me and my brothers and sisters here and those that don't know you, that you chose us. When we were your enemies, you chose us. So I thank you that you've been so good that whether we understand or not, whether we understand what we're walking through and why we're walking through it, whether we understand or not, you still loved us and gave yourself for us. So I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you that you're moving in this place today and it'll be your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I thank you, Lord God, for the great gift that you gave us when you sent your lovely son to die for us. It's funny that this 10-minute talk might end up being a 10-minute prayer. But Lord, I thank you, God. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your righteousness. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you use fragile humans. And you put yourself in us. So I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that you love your people so much. That you've endured so much. You've endured so much of us, but you never stopped loving us. I thank you that you gave me a father that when I was misbehaving, he spanked my behind and told me to stop. So I thank you, Lord, that you've done all these wonderful things for us. I bless your name today, and I give you glory, I give you honor, and I give you praise for being so good to us today. Thank you, Lord. So I was praying and asking the Lord, what do you want me to say to your people? The funny thing about this is because I had been saying, well, I wonder if I'm going to get a chance to be a 10-minute speaker. <laughs> and I'd been thinking about that. 
And the one day I had the audacity to pray, Lord, one day, would they ask me to be a 10-minute speaker? And I got a uh, email, text, whatever from Jesse asking me if I wanted to do the 10-minute speaking. And could I, would I want to pick it, pick one day in November? So I said, hmm, I guess that's a quick answer to my prayer. So as soon as that happened, and I chose a date, all this other kind of crazy stuff starts to happen, but that's just how it is, the time that we live in. So stuff really crazy happened, and so I was like, Lord, I don't think you want me to do this 10-minute speaking thing today. I really don't, because Travis might have to come take the mic out my hand, because I might say the wrong thing. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. But I just kept thinking, Miriam said something really, she said something really good to me yesterday. She said some really good stuff. I found myself having a hard time listening to the stuff she was trying to say on some things because of just, just life. But then she said some really good stuff. And I just said, Lord... I think I'll come and I'll say some things, whatever you want me to say to encourage your people, because that's what we need during this time. But he said to me, are you too easily pleased? I can't tell you I have anything great and profound to say about that, but that's what he said. And it it went back to a sermon that I heard years ago. And and the guy was just saying, you know, we're too easily pleased. So we're feeling bad. We're frustrated about something. And we don't know the answer. We don't understand why it's taking so long for us to get through this thing. So I know. I'll turn on and watch that movie that I like. Hmm. It didn't solve the problem that you were having or give you freedom in the area that you're struggling with, but it made you feel good for a few minutes. I know. Oh, man, there's some chocolate cream pie in the refrigerator. You eat that second piece and your tummy might be hurting. It still doesn't stop you from struggling with the things that you're struggling with, but... Sure did taste good. (laughs) It was really good enough to get the second piece. But, so we just think about that. Before I get to my answer, do I placate myself with something sweet, something fun to watch, something good to listen to? on the phone with my friend, or just sitting in my chair feeling sorry for myself. Is that what I do? So anyway, I'm going to give y'all some scripture to lighten this up. <laughs> oh, excuse me, I need to touch the mic. All righty. Galatians 5 and 1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become uncircumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen for grace. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. The Lord used to tell me all the time, he called my name and he said, Margaret, it was for freedom Christ set you free. 
And it was a particular thing I needed to be free from. It took me a long time to get free from it. In fact, it took me about two years to totally break from it, but he just used to say to me all the time, Margaret, it was for freedom Christ set you free. And I'll say that to each one of us, myself included. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. And he doesn't want us to be tangled, tied up, bound up. But sometimes it's not as easy to get free of some things. But I do know from walking with the Lord since 1979, I think it was February 4th, 1979, 18 years old. So that was 45 years ago. And even though there are still some things that I struggle with that I don't understand why I'm still struggling with them, but I do know that God has kept me. And one of the things that he said to me is, Margaret, you've been faithful. He said that on several occasions. You've been faithful. I'm like, well, Lord, that don't make it easy. Just because I'm faithful doesn't make it easy. And sometimes when you walk in this walk, people say things to you, and because they don't know where you've walked, what you've walked through, they don't understand that you're taking it totally different from what they meant but it was based on how those particular things are said to you, how they've been said, the history of how they've been said. So one thing that I can tell you is that when you're feeling bad about a particular thing and something is bothering you, even though it's hard, it's probably best to go ahead on and talk to people about it because, you know, the enemy can make it seem worse than it is or he can twist it or, you know, he knows that that person meant something else, but he also knows that that person does not know that what they said triggers things in you. And so you have to talk to your brothers and sisters, because sometimes even when you talk to them, they don't understand where you're coming from. They assume one thing, and it's just a big mess. But the thing about the messiness of being in Christ, he put all us here together, and he say that he wanted us to love one another as he and the Father loved each other. He wants us to be one. And even if we don't understand why somebody said this, how they said it, they don't understand how it made me feel. The only way that they're going to know that that particular thing bothered you is if you talk to them. Sometimes, again, if you talk to them, they still might not understand it. But if you talk to them and you try to get through whatever it is you're struggling with, and you wait and you pray, and you do what Paul told us to do the other day here on the little boy, which I'm glad they left up here. Forgive the person and what happened and say, Lord, I release whoever Bless the person who did them, did, that, did you wrong, or whether they meant to do you wrong or not, to you it was wrong. You repent for unforgiveness, you receive forgiveness, and then ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit in those areas so that you can go forth. Because, and then you do that, then you might not feel good still. But then you do it some more. And then you ask God to help you. Even if it's 10 o'clock in the morning and you still ain't feeling it. <laughs> You're supposed to come here at 1030. You still ain't feeling it. You still do it anyway. And you ask the Lord to help you to be able to continue to love and to continue to walk in fellowship with people that you love. Because... Sometimes things happen that hurt you, and that's just how it is. But we just have to ask the Lord to help us. 
And the thing about him is that he's good. And he wants us, he wants us to, to remain in fellowship. He wants us to love. But he also wants us to be persistent. Because sometimes, again, because of your cultural background, because of your age, because of the times you've lived through, what I may say to you means something completely different to you. And I still might not be able to get across to you what it is I'm trying to say and you truly understand. Same thing with you. You might tell me something. I don't have this. I still can't get, I'm not getting what you're saying. But I'm not going to walk away from you and say, well, I just hate you. I just can't stand you. Ah. you know, it's, it's not going to do you any good to do that because he told us to be one. He told us to love one another and to continue to forgive one another, forbear one another, and all the rest of that good stuff. So anyway, I don't know if I'm over my 10 minutes because I don't know what time it was when I got up here. I don't know if I'm under my 10 minutes, but I figured I'd come up here. And I say that this morning, even though at 10 o'clock this morning, I was going to call Travis and say, I don't think I need to say anything to y'all today. (laughs) I just don't think I need to talk to y'all today. I didn't even get to my other scriptures, but it's good. Okay, I'll read you this one. Got my old falling apart Bible up here. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. We can let it stay like that. Or we can continue to work with each other, love each other, and take the castle bars down. I love you all today. (laughs) I loved you yesterday. I love you tomorrow. And I'm going to leave you with these words. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour. I need thee, oh, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee, I need thee, oh, I need Every hour I need thee Oh, bless me now My Savior I come to Amen. You know, I, I just love Margaret. And, and Margaret, I just want to tell you how much we appreciate you. Really appreciate you being part of the church family and, and just sharing your heart this morning. Um, I know it, it spoke to all of us, spoke to me. And I think that it's so important, you know, in the Bible it says about cultivating faithfulness. And, and we walk by sight, no, sorry, we walk by faith, not by sight or by our feelings, right? Oftentimes we do, but it's so important, you know, and, and I've, I've seen that in, in Margaret, you know, just time and time again, just her faithfulness, just taking those steps forward despite just challenges, despite difficulties, um, but s- saying my strength is in the Lord. And so thank you, Margaret. 
Praise the Lord. And so we'll, um, Travis is going to bring the word and we'll, we'll pray for him. <clears throat> and just excited what, what the Lord is speaking um, to him and through him this morning. Lord, we, we thank you for Travis. Um, Lord, we are so thankful for, for his life, for his family. And we ask you that, that you, would, you would give him your divine words. Uh, for us in this morning. And Lord, thank you. Thank you for all that you've already spoken. Thank you for Margaret again, Lord God, for what she spoke to us. And and thank you for her life, Lord God. And we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And yes, amen. That was a great word, Margaret. We're actually going to piggyback because in the spirit, the Lord knew what he wanted to say today. And uh, there's something on that. How's everybody? Um, Y'all remember my message last time I spoke a couple weeks ago? I talked about pursuing a move of God in Ephesians 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse 20, 21. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. So now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So we've been talking on this vision of our church. Mountain Bird did this for us. Isn't that lovely? So we need this. We need to get this in our spirit. Our vision has three pillars. Pursuing his presence is absolutely number one and to me the highest thing that we can do because in his presence, everything gets fixed. But part of the pillar is pursuing his presence, equipping God's people. Every single one of you has a calling and a purpose and a destiny that you have been created to do. And if you're not functioning in your calling, you're actually not gonna be very happy. You're not gonna be satisfied. You have a purpose. And if you're not doing that purpose, there will be a missing piece in your soul. God's called the body to be equipped and function. And then we have cultivating community, which is us being a healthy family. And that's what Margaret's talking about. We got to learn how to be a healthy family. I've gotten into a fight with everyone in my family, from the youngest to my wife, numerous times. We're still family, still love each other. And I don't leave them because I get mad at them or they get mad at me. It's called family. You stick it out. Scripture says, he who separates himself seeks his own desire. People that get offended and hurt and leave, they're seeking their own desire. They're not seeking God's desire, and they're not certainly not seeking your help. So in that, I want to talk to us today, but I want to cast a vision, everybody, okay? The scripture that I just read, beyond anything you can ask or think, God wants to do stuff. Let me read it again. Now, to him who is able, God who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, the power of the Spirit that's inside of us. To him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ for all generations forever and ever. All right, so here's the thing. I can think a lot. I can imagine a lot of things. Can can y'all think of some, just, I want you guys to do something right now. Think about an amazing thing. Imagine, use your imagination and try to think of an amazing thing for God to do in our midst. Think about it. Everybody do this. Think right now about something amazing that you could imagine maybe God doing in our midst. According to this scripture, God wants to blow our mind so that he does far beyond anything you just thought of. It's the scripture. He wants to do more than we can even imagine. And I can imagine a lot. So here I want to tell you what I'm imagining. And the reason I'm going to tell you this is because I see this and I know that God's going to show up and do beyond what I'm about to tell you. I'm about to tell you what I see coming, but God's going to do far more than what I can tell you because of what he promised. He promised us, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered the hearts of men, all the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And I love him and I want to love him more. So he's got some amazing things. So here's what I see. I am contending for a move of God. Lord spoke to me 
And he told me that he was going to take us somewhere where no eye has seen. He's got, you know, it's that whole Star Trek thing. Y'all remember the old Star Trek? What was that logo? To go where no man has gone before. That's exactly what the Lord spoke to me, that he was taking us somewhere no man has gone before. And it shifted me. And it made me realize, and I, and I know this, but it just him speaking this to me concreted a vision inside of me that God is going to do something with us and his church that's going to far supersede anything that he's done on the earth previously. Now, we know if you look at scripture, there's a lot of signs of this. You know, he saved his best wine for last. You know, that was his first miracle, and it was the thing that he did was he, he saved his best wine for the very end, and that is a sign. God is saving his very best wine for the end. Isn't that amazing? And I believe we're in the end, and he's saving his best wine for the end. I'm seeing us coming together in a service, and the presence of the Lord comes inside the room so intense that every mountain in our life comes crumbling down. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. Where Jesus, maybe some meetings, Jesus physically walks into our room. You know, he, can, he does that. He did it in the scriptures. After he resurrected, he still appeared to people. He's not limited. I would love that. Wouldn't it be awesome for Jesus to physically? But you know, he said it was better that I go away because I'm going to send you the comforter and the Holy Spirit was going to come. He said that was better. What if the Holy Spirit came in such a way in our midst that it was better than Jesus physically being here? Wouldn't that be amazing? Me and Vic were praying. We took a day this week. We did some fasting and praying and just seeking the Lord and a lot of talking too. But we were praying in here. And I've prayed this a lot lately. But here's what I'm, I'm praying and what I'm seeing. What would happen if the intensity of the manifest presence of the Lord would come in our midst to such a degree that people walking by whose hearts are rebellious towards God, who are addicts or in adultery or prostitution or uh, any kind of way that has separated them from the love that the Father has for them, they come under such conviction and the powers that have been controlling these people, manipulating them, get broken by the power of the Holy Spirit just because they came in vicinity of this place. Isn't that, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome that when demonized people come in here, you're not wrestling with that demon, but you just say the word, or, or better yet, they come in, freak out, and leave because they can't handle the heat, you know? Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing to see every single person that is sick get healed when they come in? Wouldn't it be amazing if every person that came in here and didn't know Jesus came under such great conviction and such a reality of who he is in our midst that they, have, they fall on their face and declare, surely God is among you, and they get right with God? Wouldn't that be amazing? We're going to see amazing things because he promised us that he's going to do far exceedingly above everything that we can imagine and I'm imagining all that and more. I'm imagining the presence of the Lord coming so intense sometimes in worship that we all hit the deck and we don't want to move because his presence is there. I'm contending for these things. I'm praying for these things. I'm praying for a move of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm praying for it. I'm interceding. I'm giving God no rest until he establishes this thing in us. I want it. I'm hungry to have a move of God. Well, me and Vic were in here praying. Margaret touched on this a little bit. Thought it was kind of cool because I'm praying for this. God, I want you to move, Lord, move. And all of a sudden, clears a bell. I have this picture that pops in my head of this big old pacifier. And I knew immediately this was baby stuff. And I was like, Lord, oh my gosh. I knew exactly what it meant right away. The Lord was saying, we are are too easily pacified with the fake. Pacifiers given to babies to hold them off between bottles. 
And I mean, isn't that what Margaret was talking about? You know, you're in pain, you're dealing with things, but you, we substitute stuff to appease us. What happens if there's a hunger that we refuse to be appeased? Where I don't, where I have a hunger that I'm not going to get, I'm not letting go of this thing. I'm not going to settle for just a good day. I'm not going to settle for just a good service. I'm not settling. You're going to have dry services sometimes. That's part of the process. But I'm not settling for that. When God doesn't show up in power and in his presence, in our mark, I'm taking it personal. And I'm saying, Papa, I don't want none of this. Okay, I may have it sometimes, and I'm going to be thankful for whatever you're doing and what, whatever we're going through. But I'm asking you for more. I want more. I want the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I've been praying all my life for things that the Lord has shown me that's coming some of it's starting this spring. I've, I've had timetables given to me by the Lord about a few things in my life and that I think are directly related to a move of God that's coming. And I've never had that kind of clarity before from the Lord. But, what, but when the Lord gave me that clarity, he also told me, he said, this, you have time to prepare. Don't waste it. And told me I had to get any open doors shut in my life. Yeah, your pastor had some open doors in his life. We all, we all do, I believe. We don't have to, but we do. Open doors, things where the enemy can get in and rob us. We had a trip up to Moravian Falls for our leadership retreat. Every year we take a trip to just seek the Lord for what the Lord's saying for our church. And because we want to hear what God's saying so that we're on board with what he wants to do, rather than us trying to get him on board with what we're doing, we say, no, I want to get on board with what he's doing. Unless the Lord builds the house, they that build it labor in vain. I want to be helping him do what he wants to do. He's the coach. I'm the player. You're, you know, he's the coach. You're the player. And the Lord um, began to highlight to me in our first meeting something he had spoken to me, and I'm going to read it out of my dream journal. Now, this experience, you know, we meet on Monday nights as a leadership team to go over stuff, of course, and to deal with things that have to be dealt with. But the main meat of what we do on Monday nights as a leadership team is to seek these things, the presence of God, his power, what he wants to do. And in that place of doing that, on uh, 5.15, so in May of this year, during the leadership, we were praying, and I'm just going to read this. I was praying for power, but seeing the need for everything in our lives to be prepared for the power, like when building or remodeling a house. Before you connect 240 volts to your house, you have to make sure it's ready for it by having all your connections done correctly, done right, and checked off by, by a building inspector, or you could burn your house down or cause serious issues. While praying about this and how it relates to us being prepared, so, so basically I'm praying for God's power. I have this vision come over me about this house, and naturally I'm a builder, I'm a, I'm a general contractor, and every project we do, we go through this process. There's no power on the house. You have to do everything, get final inspections, and once you have your final inspection, then Duke Power or whoever your energy company is, then and only then when you've been properly inspected and properly checked off, they turn on the power and then you have to go inside and flip the breaker and you find out how good your work is. You like to see when the power goes on, everything's fine. There's no fires, you know, nothing's popping, no breakers are tripping, everything's good. That's always a thing and that's why I'm always like scared to flip the power on. So when I saw that, and I saw the comparison, while I'm considering this, I, I have this, uh, this vision. I just see, I saw this, um, you know those little tiny spade army shovels? The head flips back on it so that you can pack it in your backpack. I saw that. And when I saw it, um, I knew instinctively that this shovel was meant for covering our dung. Okay, now this may not be a pretty picture, but it's a biblical picture, and I'm about to give you a scripture. Deuteronomy 23, 13, and 14 says, And you shall have a spade among your tools, and it shall be when you sit down outside, you shall dig with it, and shall turn to cover up your excrement, since the Lord God walks in the midst of your camp to deliver you and to defeat your enemies before you. Therefore, your camp must be holy, and he must not see anything indecent among you, or he will turn away from you. 
Verse 12 says, you shall have a place outside the camp and go there. As I began to consider this, I began to see the correlation between God's holiness, how he doesn't come in our midst lest he break out against us. That's the gist of those scriptures. If God, he, if, if they weren't dealing with the crap, sorry, I want, I, that's what he's saying. If you're not dealing with your crap, then when God comes in your midst, it's not a party. It's woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. You know, when Isaiah came in before the presence of the Lord, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm in a people of unclean. We have no idea how holy God is. We have no idea how holy God is. He is a holy God. He's also the most loving person in the, in the universe, thank God, or we'd be wiped out. Because our, our lifestyles and our mindsets and our thoughts don't just with this holy God. That's why Jesus came, to be a mediator. He didn't die for nothing. He died to satisfy God's justice and holiness while at the same time, his love and mercy. Jesus is the reconciliation of who God is. He reconciles God's sense of justice and holiness with his sense of love and mercy. Jesus made a way for it to be okay in God's heart because he has this thing. He loves us with all his heart. He loves us, but there's something about him that he can't change because it's who he is, and that's this sense of holiness and justice. See, we, we have turned the mercy of God into a license that says it's okay to live a certain way. No, the way you're living, when you're living that way, put Jesus on the cross. He hates that. He didn't stop hating it just because Jesus shed his blood. He just loves us, but he hates our hearts, our thoughts. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. So much higher are my thoughts and my ways than yours. He didn't come to somehow give us licentiousness, which is a license to turn God's grace into freebies. We can go do whatever we want to do. No. He does, he, his love and mercy and grace that he gives us is to empower us to get free. And the cross made a way for us to get free from the, from the things that God hates. And so when God comes in your midst, he's a holy God. And we've got to deal with this stuff. And so when I started sharing this, at the, I shared this at the retreat this past week, and then I kept the rest of this as I'm reading it. We must deal with our crap in order that we, when he comes, the power doesn't destroy us. We must be properly grounded. Ephesians 3.16 and through, I think it's 21... Uh, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Okay, there's power in our inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, these scriptures are tied. And here's how they're tied. What the Lord began to communicate with us while we were there and, and what I was sharing when I was sharing this was the need that we get grounded, Gr rooted and grounded in love. There is a move of God coming that blind eyes are going to see. No demon will be able to stand before God's people. We're not going to have to wrestle. There's great deliverance ministries today that I love. Most of them wrestle with demons. Jesus didn't do that. I'm not against it because I've seen demons wrestled out of people. What I mean with that, they go back and forth for hours at a time, sometimes all night, and the demon gets so tired, he gives up and leaves. I've seen that. But that's not the way it was meant to happen. Jesus said he cast out a demon with a word. He had authority. When he spoke, they responded. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Go. He, he tells it to leave, and it leaves. 
because he had authority. There's an authority coming to, your pe- to the people of God, but we've got to get ready because when this authority gets released, it'll kill us. I'm th- this is a warning. It will kill us if we're not properly prepared for the power being connected to the house. This house has power coming to it. We're in the remodel process or building process. We still have some months that we're preparing for what's coming. And I'm telling you, there's, there's stuff coming that no eye has seen. I'm excited about it. I'm carrying it in my, in my spirit. There's power coming to this house. It's going to affect this whole region. There's a move of God coming on the East Coast that's going to sweep the, the, the whole state and probably the world. I believe that. No eye has seen. I'm, I'm, I'm holding on to it. But we've got to get our connections right. See, if your connection is not right, you have problems when the power's set up. And that's part of what Margaret's talking about. We're not properly joined to one another. We're, we're miswired sometimes. We got some hot wires connected to some neutrals. <laughs> and then them hot wires connected to hot wires. Some of us uh, need to be properly connected. And that's a big portion of the church is when we get offended, we leave. You're going to get offended. I'm going to offend you. If you're here long enough, I'm going to offend you. Shouldn't take that long, actually. I don't mean to, but I'm human. Sometimes I'll offend you, and it's not my fault at all. Sometimes it's your fault because you got a bad filter. Sometimes you got issues in your soul that haven't been healed, and you you interpret things through that that filter. We all do this. That's why we've got to take our filters to the Lord and say, cleanse my filter, Lord. Lord, heal me. Let me know your love, that I might know the love of God. Experientially have an encounter with your love that I might be filled up to the very fullness of God. It's knowing his love that heals me. And when I get properly healed and properly full of his love, I don't need your opinion anymore. Now I'm free to just love you for who you are without needing anything from you. Most wounds and most issues in the church, the bad connections, are me needing something from you that you can't give me because it was supposed to come from Jesus anyway. I need something. And so when you don't give me what I need, I'm full of rejection. And when I'm come to you, if you don't react just like I, you th- I should, like I think you should, I take it personal and I get rejected. I've been here. It happened to me at the retreat. I've been, pre- you know, when the Lord put this on me, I, di- I didn't take it lightly. I really began to pray, Lord, shut my doors. Lord, show me things I need to see. We were playing Pictionary, which is end up being very, very prophetic. I'll get to that in a minute. But it really was. You're, you're going to get blown away when I, when I tie this all together. But I, I just want to share this just to be vulnerable and be, and be honest. I'm not talking at y'all. I'm talking to me as much as I am y'all. I'm, I'm, okay, we're all in this together. We all have these issues. We're all broken humans that need healing, including your pastor. We were playing Pictionary. It got pretty feisty between me and Peter and Vic. They were on the other team. And I I actually had opened the door, but Vic had to remind me of that later. I I said something that totally opened the door, but I didn't remember that open door I made. All I remember was the jabs that started coming at me over a game. And and we're kidding. You know, we're kidding. But we were jabbing back and forth. And I'm like, man, y'all always trying to pull me down, this and that. And I've said that before. And I remember saying it before in different meetings where people in a certain situation, and I'm joking, I'm joking for the most part. But there was something in me that I didn't realize at the time that wasn't joking. You know what I mean? You're joking about something, but in deep down, I didn't see it at the time, but deep down I wasn't joking. I was actually feeling some level of rejection. So Khalil has this dream, and in the dream, I'm over in a, uh, he, the next morning, or the last morning, he comes and shares it with me, and um, I'm sitting down in the dream in a chair, pouting, just pouting, because Vic and Peter had, had jabbed me with their words, 
And I'm just sad and pouting, and I'm like, when he told me that, I did not see. I mean, I don't, 95%, maybe 98% of the time, that is not me. I don't pout too much. So I'm like, man, Khalil, thank you for sharing, but dude, I don't see that. I said, but I'll pray about it, you know. And I meant it, and I appreciated his courage because that, you know, coming up to me as the leader, I mean, I'm sure that was difficult to do that. Thank you, Khalil, by the way. It wasn't difficult? Okay, well, good. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> hey, well, I'm, that's good. <laughs> Most of y'all don't. <laughs> uh, so, so, like, he shares this, and I thanked him, and I'm like, mm, I'm thinking to myself, he's just, I, honestly, I just thought, man, he's, he saw me joking around last night, and he had a dream about it. I mean, that's really what I thought, because Scripture says through the busyness of life come many dreams. If you, just as a, a prophetic 101, if you are thinking about something or someone, and you go to sleep and dream about them, you don't take those dreams as seriously as you would if it came to you and you, they were not ever on your mind. But we do dream about what we think about. Not every dream is a prophetic dream, though God does speak through us. I get more dreams, direction and dreams, than probably any other way. But you take it with a grain of, you take it to the Lord is what you do. You, you, you take it to the Lord. Lord, is there anything in this? But I am personally suspicious of anything that I dream or anything anybody else's dreams if they just had something that would have triggered that dream. I have a lot more confidence when it comes from something that had, this was not on the radar at all and it just popped up, okay? So I, I've taken that. And then we, Josh Lingner started leading worship right before we broke for our last lunch and then we're gonna go home. But as soon as he starts playing, I'm sitting there, all of a sudden, the eyes of my heart get opened and I see it. Only God could have opened my eyes. You know, you don't see, we don't see each other. Let me, let me say it like this. I don't see myself well. There are things that I'm blind to. Like right now, I can't tell you if other, I mean, I could, might could feel it, but I couldn't tell you if I had something sticking in my teeth right now. You know why? I can't see me, but I see you real well. <laughs> I can see if uh, you got earwax coming out your ear or if you got a, a cliffhanger. I can see if your shirt's unbuckled, I mean, unbuttoned. Uh, un, um, I see y'all great. I don't see me very well. And that's all of us. All of us have areas that we, we do not know ourselves as well as we think we do. You do not know yourself as well as you think you do. If you think you know yourself, you will miss God a lot because you'll reject messages because it doesn't make sense to your mind. I've had this happen at least two or three times lately where within the last couple years where God downloaded an issue in my heart that I would have totally rejected until the Lord showed it to me. I did not see it. But when, when the Lord spoke to me about Khalil's dream, all of a sudden the light bulb went on. I wanted to see it. I just didn't see it. But when I saw it, then I could deal with it. And I realized, wow, there is, it's not, it doesn't come out much. It doesn't come out much. It's rare. Maybe three, five percent of the time. I don't know a percentage, but it's a very low percentage of when this little hurt little child come out because he's pretty much dead, but he ain't completely dead. He comes out occasionally. And I realized, holy moly, I could see it as clear as a bell. There was a wound in my soul that needed to be dealt with. So I go to Charlotte right after that, and someone that's like my kid for the second time in the row weren't able to get up with me when I called to get up with them. And I felt this incredible rejection. And you know what I did? Lord, thank you. I'm so glad this happened that way because this is reiterating uh, the, is the need for you to come into this part of my soul so that I'm healed. See, we need God to fix our heart. You can't get your heart fixed if you don't allow people to speak into your life. Doesn't mean they're right all the time. 
But if we're healed, why does it matter if what they think about us anyway? See, we, the, a lot of times when people try to speak in our life, we reject it because um, there's a, um, put it like this, if I'm a healed person and you say something I don't like, it's not causing a reaction out of me. Why? I'm healed. But if it's like you come and you touch me, ah, that means you have a wound. You know, priests were not allowed to minister if they had an unhealed wound. And that was the very reason why, because they would no longer represent the Lord well to the people because God and the people would get filtered through their own pain. If we're going to be the priest that God has called us to be, we have to get free from our own pain. If you're unhealed, you're not a good priest and you have to sit down. You got, we've got to get healed. Healed of rejection, healed of fear, healed of all the mama daddy wounds that we have which are significant. I'm not belittling them. I'm just saying I'm going to belittle them in this way. They, don't, they bow the knee to the cross. Jesus paid for our healing and he wants us to be healed. And so what you do is you invite the Lord into, once you see it, invite the Lord into it. I did. I said, Lord, come into this wound. You can be 85 years old and still going through this. It ain't have anything to do with age. Has nothing to do with age. It's the Lord peeling back onions in our lives. And when he peels one back, let him in. And I've been asking him to peel them back. And you know what? Wow, he's really peeling them back. It's amazing what will happen if you ask the Lord to highlight things in your life that need to change. So if I'm healed, I can hear what people have to say to me without me taking it personal. And I can consider it. Lord, are you in this? Is there something I can take away from here? If not, that's okay. I'm still okay. But we need to learn to at least listen. I'm glad I listened to Khalil. I considered it. I did throw it up to the Lord. I said, Lord, if there's anything in this, show me. I didn't believe there was, but I was open to being wrong because I know I'm wrong about me a lot. Okay, so anyway, we've got to get healed. We've got to get, but here's the, the main message and the main takeaway that I left the mountains with and what we were getting while we were up there was the Lord was saying in order for the power to come, uh, I'm going to draw this because it's, I got it on my phone, but you're not going to all be able to read it. So I'm just going to flip this around. So y'all remember that we were talking about a house being grounded. Now, here's what you may not understand as a builder. It used to be you only needed one ground wire, but it's now two, but, which is interesting, actually. But you have to have two. But every house, every new home, now if you're old, you still can run off the single because it's, but it's neither here nor there. All new construction properties have to have two ground wires so that if the house is struck by lightning, all right, so we have a house, right? Put a couple little little vents in the crawl space, okay. Here's your meter box on the side of the house, and on the side of the house is running this wire it comes down into a grounding wire that is in the ground, and there's two of them. Now, that's lifted up just for you to be able to see it more clearly. It would be very low to the ground, but it goes deep in the ground. And so that when lightning comes and it strikes your house, all the current, if, if that were to happen, it would not be pretty if you did not have this grounding wire. This grounding wire takes the, the electricity that hits your house, takes it down through, the, through your walls all the way into your electrical stuff, and it runs it down, and there's probably more um, exact... Um, I, I'm not sure how it all works. I just know that your electricity would, would be fried but when, because of these grounding wires, when the electricity comes on and it hits it, it takes it all the way to the ground and then, and then it's safe. It saves the house from being burned up, okay? So the Lord was talking to us about root, being rooted and grounded in love, that when the power of God comes in this move that's about to come, that we don't get burned up 
but that we've dealt with our issues. We've learned to love one another. Love doesn't separate. Love fights for our relationships. Love fights for one another. Love doesn't allow offense to have its way. Love learns to forgive each other. Love, read 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. You can read all the things. If we don't get love down, God is coming. I'm telling you, God is coming with power that the earth has never seen. But it's coming for a church that's prepared itself by being rooted and grounded in love. Can y'all hear that? Now, this is the amazing thing. That was the message the Lord gave us on the first day. That night, we goofed off, had fun, fellowshiped, played some Pictionary. And uh, let me find this picture. I'll show it to a few of you as confirmation that I'm not lying. There it is. So we, were, we had teams, right? And you're playing the first one to win. So we, our team was up, and if we won this point, we won the game, okay? Josh Lingner was up to drawing. I was on Josh's team. Uh, Vic and Miriam and their family and a few other people, Ray Lee, I think, or a few other people, they were on the losing team. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't love, was it? <laughs> I got to work on this rooted and grounded stuff, man. Um, so, so the winning, the winning word that we had to guess in order to win the whole game was the word grounded. And you know what Josh drew? He drew a house being struck by lightning that went down to a ground rod that we, and we guessed it and got the word right. And you know what I wrote on the board afterwards? I don't know. Let me read it. <laughs> uh, grounded in love for the win. When we get rooted and grounded in love, we're going to win. We're going to win. God's going to be able to trust a group of people with his power that we're not in our power, in his power, we're not going to hurt, we're not going to kill each other. Because when you have his power and you're not rooted and grounded in love, it will turn to bad stuff. Man, I went, I have not even finished this message, but I may, fin I may be done. Um, I wanted to talk to us a little bit about some selfish ambition. Um, because selfish ambition is one of the biggest enemies that rob us but I'll have to do that another time. I don't want to take too long. But, um, but here's the deal, guys. In our contending for this move of God, and I'm contending. I know you guys are too. We've been praying on Monday nights. We're, we, you know, we had a watch night. How many were at the watch night Friday night? What did y'all think? Pretty good, huh? Intercession is increasing. I'm praying more than I ever have. God is giving, birthing grace to pray. We are birthing, we're going to birth by the grace of God, this move of God in the earth, but we have, in our contending for this, we have to contend for getting free from the things that keep us out of love, okay? This is, this is like preparatory. We have to get prepared. You know, when Jesus was coming the first time, he raised up a ministry that was to prepare the way for the Lord, I believe with all my heart, God is raising up that same spirit, the spirit of Elijah that came on John the Baptist. He's sending it again, and Jesus said he was going to, to prepare a way for the Lord again. The Lord is coming back, and he's coming back in power to rule and reign through his people. And we have got to be prepared for that, and that's the way we do it by, Lord, any way that I'm not loving, teach me to love. Lord, any way I'm unhealed, heal me. Any way that I'm walking in something, something that's contrary, any mindsets, thoughts, things, patterns in my life uh, that are not like you, Lord, deal with them. Get them out of my life. Invite the Lord 
into the remodel and allow him permission to remodel you, to remodel your thoughts and your hearts. Does that make sense? Because this is coming. So there's, there's meetings we're going to have that are going to be so glorious, and I enjoy those, but there's also meetings that are uh, more laid back so that we can deal with some things. And um, so we need to take what the Lord's given us every, every time, but I am not going to stop contending until I see this. And I'm just encouraging you guys, let the Lord deal with you because you really are a mess. <laughs> I am too. I'm a mess. I really am. I'm, I'm being funny, but I'm not, I'm not joking. I mean, I'm, once again, I'm making jokes and I'm serious. Uh, you are a mess. I am a mess. We need the Lord to fix us. Otherwise, we're going to keep hurting each other, just cutting each other and run from one, one house to the next, just cutting as we go.